Welcome, welcome, welcome to the next episode of Sketchy Situations where I play Stroke of Luck using the Ironsworn Starforge system written by Sean Tompkin. I thank you for making it to another episode. And in this one, we'll be creating the starting sector that Aaron Slater will be traveling through in our game. I'll have links to the blog as well as to the game found in the description with a few other things, including attributions for the music and the art that I use. And if you just want updates on when another video has dropped, you can subscribe, hit that bell, and follow me onto Twitter. With all of that disclaimer stuff out of the way, we can move on to honestly not my most favorite part of playing this. Now, all of us don't want to use every tool in the box. So here I am making my own galaxy. I was confused on how to do it before, so that's why I wasn't ecstatic. I did it wrong multiple times and still had to go through Discord. And I watched another actual play. I want to say the name is Doisotopian Wasteland. I don't want to butcher that, but... I watched that one and I realized, oh my goodness, I was still doing this wrong. Now that I have a solid understanding, to start making a sector, you need the sector worksheet and the connections worksheet. The sector worksheet is for where you put a map of the sector on and the connections are for the individuals, your acquaintance with them. But the first connection you make automatically, this kind of grounds you as someone you can immediately have contact with when you start your game. Now the first part of creating a sector is choosing a region. That is the Terminus, Outlands, Expanse, and the Void. In the Terminus, this is where the majority of civilization exists. Most communities are here, most routes are well charted. This is where you would start if you wanted to interact with other people and communities. And I considered that one strongly because I want a character that's again existing in a cyberpunk kind of world. And that means busy, clumped up streets. Just a host of reasons to move around and interact with both strangers and connections. But the idea of it is that you don't quite yet have a lot of connection where you're at. You're probably outside of your comfort zone. I thought about the Outlands, which is the next region. This is where you start branching out from your congested areas. The Expanse, that's really out there in the middle of nowhere in a sense. If you're ready to face the dangers of lonely exploration within uncharted space, you start in the Expanse. And then the void is just somewhere you don't want to be. Isolated stars, it's so far apart. The likelihood of finding virtually anything alive and connected is small. So don't start in the void. It's just not recommended. Honestly, it's not even recommended to go there. But your story could take you there for any reason. And I'm not gandering to go there, but it's always a possibility. So let's return to the dilemma of choosing a region. In the previous episode where we rolled the history, we're running from a criminal past. And it's kind of hard to do that when you stay right around where all of it happened. He's also trying to break a curse. And I feel like that belongs in an area where things are a little bit more isolated. You find stranger knowledge far away from society. 
where people don't have as much of their fingers in a pot. You have to really dig to find out things. And a curse, lifting a curse, it's possible that we're out in the Outlands instead looking for answers. So I'm going to go Outlands. I really wanted to start in the Terminus, but I'm not going to really sweat it that much. To start off in the Outlands means that we only get to have three settlements. That does not mean that's all there are to find there. But for the ease of making your starting sector in the Outlands, you'll have three settlements. Throughout play, you'll discover other places within your sector and it will flesh out tremendously. For each of the settlements in your starting sector, you're going to roll their name, the location, the population, the authority, and the settlement project. Now, to understand when it says location, it just tells you whether it's near a planet or is it deep in space. It doesn't tell you where to put it. You decide that part, but it tells you the structure of it. Is it a planet-side settlement? Is it a orbital settlement? Or is it a deep space station? Population, it can be as few as a handful of people to tens of thousands of people. Authority, who's overseeing, how are they overseeing, and then we have settlement projects. Each one of these places exists for a reason. Engineering, mining, is expected for you to expand on these reasons a little bit and sometimes you can just leave it. The settlement generation requires you to go between about three to four pages. So the first one is called Rack. It makes me feel like that that would be a deep space one. For our second settlement name, we have Reprise. And for our third settlement name, Pinnacle. All right, that's a nice name, Pinnacle. I honestly feel like we should have gone with the location first so that I can pick which one of these locations have which name, but that's okay. We're gonna go with the first look in the order of the names that I rolled, starting with Wreck. With a 33, we have a planet side settlement. So that changes a lot of things that I was thinking about, but it could also be a salvage settlement all about scavenging things or it was once a settlement it's been repurposed from scrap we'll see again a roadie 67 and that gives us a population of thousands the authority i rode a 90 and i have oppressive and finally for our settlement project i rode a 37 that is exploration Next up, I wrote the location for Reprieve, and I have another planet-side settlement. I wrote a 58 on the population. That means we have a population in the hundreds on the Reprise. Now going forward, we have an 11 on the Authority. There is none. It's lawless. This seems like just the right kind of place. Really nice sector for Aaron at this point. Who needs law when you're a criminal? Then again, can you really be considered a criminal if there are no laws? I just wrote mind-blowing 11, which means that their settlement project is black market. Yeah, black market. This sounds awesome. Aaron belongs here. We're gonna scoot our boots right along, rolling the location for the final one, Pinnacle. I wrote a 36 and we're still planet side. We have three settlements on a planet with a whopping population of the thousands. I rode an 82 
this is a very populated i must be just outside of the terminus to have this many people in one area but if it's a lawless space is it really just on the border or maybe it's this weird in-between spot that you can miss if you don't know where you're going that would make sense if aaron is doing it using his contacts he might have found an area that most people would miss if they weren't given the chart to get there the authority here is considered tolerant I can't say exactly what that means. Rolling a 17 on the settlement projects and the settlement project is defense. Fourth step in this, if any of the settlements are located on a planet, which they all are, or in orbit around a planet, you can identify and name the planet to help flesh out the nature of the location. Since all three of them are on a planet, so the first thing I rolled was a 70. That's a jungle planet. Wreck is on a jungle planet with exploration as its settlement project. That makes sense. The name kind of doesn't. Next we have Reprise where I rolled a 95 to get a tainted world. It is a foul planet wrecked by a poisonous climate and virulent growths. A tainted world having a black market sounds pretty awesome because that means less people are going to come here and interfere with your project because it's not ideal to even settle down here. Now with the last planet, I rode a 92, getting myself a shattered world, a planet sundered by cataclysmic destruction. I have thousands of people on a completely shattered planet. Defense as it's settlement project they're likely harvesting maybe the exposed core for some massive weapon there's a lot that can be done there the level of radiation and other materials that are laid out now that this planet is open and there being thousands of people could mean they're all factory workers they're all just working class blue collar workers the next optional step is generating stars for each one of the settlements just in case they're all in the same system. So a sector can be made out of several star systems. It does not mean each one of these planets are actually near each other circling the same star. So if I started off on Pinnacle, I may be an entire star system away from Wreck. That was something I was completely missing the first few times because I was avoiding the optional step. I really should have just asked now armed with those answers i have some stars and the first star that we have is a glowing orange star i rolled a 18. so wreck is around a glowing orange star for reprise i rolled a 50 and ended up with a blazing blue stars and then finally we get to pinnacle on a shattered world is circling a glowing orange star i rolled a 23 yeah, I guess that means that Wreck and Pinnacle are in the same system, circling the same star. Reprise, the Black Market Settlement, is all on its own around a blazing blue star. That fits perfectly. If you want to stay discreet and private, you would be in your own star system if you could. We have now the next part, step six, creating a sector map. That is the artsy-fartsy part of creating a sector. It is putting it on the map. There is no exact science to it, 
all it's recommended is to make a clear distinction between the type of settlements. This is suggested to keep it very simple. And the point is just kind of get things on there. It's not an exact location. They're very abstract. It just gives you an idea if things are clustered close together or if they're rather isolated. So at this point, the only thing left to do is to just make the map. I'm going to go ahead and plug them in and then show you the aftermath. I'm going to be using Stargazer, which is an application that was funded during the Kickstarter. I would happily show people how to utilize it, but for the sake of expediency in this episode, I'm just going to show you the final product. Wreck ended up far away from the other two planets. I intended for Pinnacle to be the furthest planet, but that's just how the mouse clicked, and I left it that way. In the Outlands, you get two passages. One passage will connect two out of the three together, and the last passage directs you off into another sector. So there's always one settlement that seems isolated from the rest of them. The next part will be to zoom in on a settlement. I feel like the Tainted Planet would be the best option. Aaron would be looking for some really off-the-grid kind of answers to some difficult questions. There's also a good part with the Jungle Planet where they're exploring. They may have found something abnormal on this planet that might be able to help him with his dilemma. So we're going to zoom in on Reprise because he's going to go to the first place that makes sense to him. You could say they're his old haunts. Don't kill me for that. So the first thing I chose to do was actually roll again on the settlement projects table. I got a 56 and that is mining. So I'm going to go with its front is mining. It could be mining the gases on this planet that are otherwise toxic to people. So. I think that's a good front and underneath is the black market. The atmosphere I wrote in 87 and that means it is marginal. It's unhealthy to breathe this planet's atmosphere for more than a few hours at a time. The alternative for the majority of the roles is toxic and corrosive for a tainted planet because well it's a toxic poisonous planet. So to get marginal I I got lucky. I'll take what I can get. So I'm going to roll once or twice depending upon how I feel from the observed from space table. The first thing I rolled was a 96. That's descriptor and focus combination. For that I wrote a 57 for infested. That's in the descriptor. And a 51 for material. I don't want to make any assumptions yet, so let's try to find out what other things are going on here by rolling on the planicide feature once or twice. Well, I feel like our question has been answered. We have an 18, and that is fungus encrusted caves. So I guess infested material easily means poisonous spores that spread rapidly and aggressively. And what do we have at a 74 on life on this toxic planet? Everything is, oh man. Well, he's, he's gonna be staying where people are and I'm sure the people chose a safe place to stay. 
But in my excitement, I completely forgot to mention that 74 meant that the planet was overrun with life. The toxic planet was overrun with life. We're going to look more at reprise, and at first look, there are sprawling or dispersed structures. I wrote a 77, so they're kind of far and few in between. I can understand that. Construction's a little weird here, but you're on a toxic planet. I'm not expecting a lot out of you. Then, wow, wow. I wrote an 89, and I see exactly why Aaron came to this planet. It is within or near a precursor vault. I know exactly why he came here. This is awesome. I mean, I don't even need to ask anymore, any more questions. All right, uh, that's for Preeze. It's been zoomed in on. We still have some other little teeny tiny pieces we need to wrap up with this. I'm way too excited right now. Step Nine is to create a local connection. A connection represents an important relationship with a non-player character, an NPC. You will create connections with NPCs, but this first one you just kind of get. If you're playing with a group, this would be a shared connection, that thing that kind of brings you all together. So to make a connection, we have to give them a role. This is the thing that represents what they do, their expertise, or their background. You can be a doctor or a spy master, but it's best if you get a bit more specific in what that thing is. Obviously, you can use the oracle tables if you need to flesh it out a bit more. There's a whole entire section on character roles and just character oracles in general to help flesh out somebody. After we've chosen their role, we give them a rank, and ranks are decided from troublesome, dangerous, all the way up to epic. And this represents the challenge of advancing the relationship. How hard are they at advancing the relationship? The best way to decide that rank is to decide what narrative focus they should have and how much time it should be required to eventually forge a bond. A bond is saying this is my best friend, this is my brother, this is my sister, this is family to me. Forging a bond is someone you feel like you can rely on when you need a helping hand. Granted, an antagonist can be someone you have a connection with, even someone you have forged a bond with. But right now, I'm gonna try to choose somebody that is beneficial if I can. You then choose the connection's home and we give them a name. So let's see what we get for the role. We have a hunter, I wrote a 40. I know what I said hunters are here so I'm gonna see if there's something more that I can expand on on the concept of a hunter in this version of the forge I have mechanical on descriptor and terrain I'm feeling like because we're near a vault some of his work has something to do outside of normal criminal activity uh, you know I'm saying he I actually don't know if it's a he or a she so I'm jumping the gun here, just default pronouns here. For the rank, it's suggested to do dangerous so that you can kind of move ahead with your first connection so that they don't have too much of an impact, but I'm actually going to go formidable. This person is a hunter and I think that Aaron hasn't revealed that they themselves have a criminal past. 
to this hunter. So this relationship is already built on a lie. I'm just going to go there because why not? Drama. From the first look, we have wiry. I wrote a 94 and large. So we either have this large, this tall, wiry fellow or lady. Again, I am pre-gendering someone I don't know yet. This sort of meets the description of a hunter, someone that's used to running, gunning, chasing. They've got the build for it, sort of athletic, but now we're looking at the character goal. I wrote a 77 on travel to a place. This... I may not yet know the nature of what that means. They just have somewhere they're intending to get to that's important. Revealed character aspects, I have haunted, 45, and stern, 81. There is somewhere this person needs to get to, I feel like a sense of there's a chapter they have to close. There is unfinished business that is driving them stern i'm not surprised with the haunted aspect that they are not the most chill of people for their home it says home i'm going to go with current location especially since they're trying to travel somewhere else so i doubt that they live here on reprise but that's where they are i'm gonna put them there just so we can interact right away finally we get to the name Juro. I wrote a 47. I don't mind the name Juro. Honestly, I really like that one. And Quan, 58. I actually went back to the first name for that one. I saw the family name. It was another J. And I didn't want to go with a JJ situation. I know a JJ. I'm sorry if there's anyone out there that has a nickname JJ. Let's just say I don't need to go through that. JJ, no. But... I have Juro Kwan, so this gives kind of an ethnic imagery that I'm nervous. I don't need to present any accents or cultural bits, but I mean, the name is right there. Anyway, I decided to roll their call sign. Whether Ghost knows this or not, don't know, but we now know. The call sign, I wrote a 8 and got bingo. I feel like they're pretty on the spot about things. They're really great at epiphanies. They put clues together very well. They could also be a really good shot. Bingo is bingo. I really need to get better with my descriptions if this is going to be any more interesting than me repeating the same word. We really dragged this last one out. We are on step 10, introducing a sector trouble. I've heard rumors of sector-wide peril, conflict, or mystery. I could come up with something that's appropriate, or I could roll on the action theme, or pick something from this table. For expediency, I'm going to roll on this table unless I absolutely don't like it. This changes perspective. I rolled a 40. And on this table, newly found resource lures greedy fortune hunters to the sector. Well, I think this makes a lot of sense for so many people to be coming to this planet, to this sector. I'm going to keep it. 
there's a resource might have something to do with the mining here this might be why the hunter came here may not even known about the vault this sounds interesting but this resource is going to cause us problems in general it's driving a lot of people in this direction but we'll see if it triggers our settlement trouble at some point going through all this last but not least let's name our sector we have 15 burning and we have five arch burning arch and that concludes our starting sector there are so many pieces to take in consideration that it would be really hard to recap this so you can go to my blog for all the information we came up with and the final images but we can say that stroke of luck has been made now the only thing left to do is to begin our first game subscribe and hit that bell and i'll see you in our inciting incident